how to avoid eating disorders in kids during a weight loss journey and how to do it in the right way without making them feel shame and guilt. Today, we're going to talk about all of that and much, much more. My name is Bar Isaac. I'm your host. I'm a holistic psychotherapist that specializes in childhood obesity. I'm helping kids lose weight by building a healthy relationship with food. Welcome to another episode in Kids Weight Loss Secrets. I have a question for you guys. Who of you avoiding talking with their kids about their weight or about diets or anything about this issue? And the second question that I have for you, if do you think that those kind of talks those kind of, you know, discussion with the kids about the weight or diet can lead to eating disorders. So here's the thing. Many people terrified to talk with their kids about their weight problems. It's a legit concern and don't feel bad about that. But here's the thing, guys. Weight loss talks or talks about diets not leads to eating disorders. Okay, and in a few seconds, I'm going to show with you why and what we need to do. In today's call, we'll not talk about how to talk with kids about weight loss. We're going to talk, first of all, how can we even avoid this thing without talking directly with the child about it. But again, weight loss talks simply not lead to eating disorders. There is many other things that can lead to eating disorders And you'll be surprised because those things that I'm going to share with you today, probably you've never thought about it. And you're probably doing most of those things that I'm going to mention without you even noticing. And this is what I said at the beginning of this call today. This call is relevant for every single parent and for every single kid. What leads to eating disorders is lack of information. Um, Let me give you an example about a girl. 13, 14, and maybe 15 years old girl. There is uncomfortable talk that many parents feeling uncomfortable to talk with their kids about that, and the kids feeling even much more uncomfortable about this topic, about sex, sexual life, or, you know, or any other things that can avoid getting into pregnancy, right? Think about this girl. So here's the thing. Just because you avoid talking with your child about sex, sexual life, and those kind of things that we, the parents, not feeling comfortable about it or because we don't want to make the child feel uncomfortable about that, do you really think it's going to avoid making your child doing mistake or, you know, getting into pregnancy? Probably not because we didn't talk about it. It's not going to avoid a problem. So avoiding talking about the topic is not what's going to prevent the problem. It's not. Okay, and you need to understand that. And this is why talking with kids about those kind of topics or about habits or, you know, excess weight, etc. It's not what lead to eating disorders. It's not what lead to make the child feel shame and guilt about weight loss process. What can lead to all those kind of problems is lack of, lack of information. So in case your child will, will not know 
what they should do to lose weight. What they will do. They will do what they found on the web. Some crazy diets that probably will not work. So they will try that and maybe they will try to stall themselves and maybe, you know, they will try to vomiting to lose weight or maybe they will get a very worst advice from one of their friends. So again, avoiding talking about those kind of topics, it's not what's going to make your child, you know, avoiding eating disorders. Lack of information can lead to two main problems. First of all, it leads to confusion, right? The second thing that lack of, lack of information can lead is frustration because your child feel that they simply don't know how to control their bodies. So lack of information lead to confusion, frustration, and many times lead to eating disorders because the child try to implement something that's probably not going to be a great advice. Why? Because this is the tools that they have available around them. So they will use with it, they will use the tools that they have around them. What are the four main things that we must avoid if we don't want to make the child feel ashamed, guilt, uncomfortable? And if it's making your child feel those things probably it can lead into eating disorders. The first thing that you need to put a lot of self-awareness is how do you feel about your child's decisions? This is one of the most important things. How the parents feel when a child making the wrong decisions. Think about that. It's not about what you say. It's not about how you say. Sometimes it's how you feel. Your child going to notice if you're feeling uncomfortable about their decisions, if you're stressed about them taking an extra plate, or if you're stressed when you're seeing them around junk food or any other things, right? Your child going to sense that. At a moment that you are stressed about your child's decisions, they're going to feel stress as well when they will be around those kinds of food later on. So what I'm saying here, I want that you will be a little bit more aware this week about how you feel when your child making the wrong decisions. If it's making, making you feel uncomfortable about that or you're very stressed about that, just keep in mind that your child is going to feel it the same way if you not work on yourself. You simply can't let yourself be emotionally involved in this weight loss process. If you'll be emotionally involved during this weight loss process, your child is going to feel emotional about this weight loss process. We want to do it in the most natural ways possible. So this is the first thing that I want that you'll build more awareness is how do you feel? Now, the second thing that I want you to be more aware of is what do you do? 
So let's say that you say something, okay? There is, you know, two ways to respond, okay? One of them, it's, you know, when your child make a bad decision, you can react it, reacting. And another way to deal with the situation is responding. So what is the difference between reacting and responding? Reacting is coming from emotional place without a lot of thinking. And this is when you're stressed or worried, etc. And this is what we want to avoid. We don't want that our action will be depends on what the child did. So what I'm telling you guys, it's very important that you will put also a lot of awareness to what you do or what you say. Okay, and if you really want to help your child, simply don't react, respond. When you're responding, you are much more in conscious to what you say and how you say that. Because if you're reacting, it's emotionally and usually without a lot of thinking, it's very easy to make your child feel uncomfortable, shame and guilt. So sometimes it will be even better to not say anything than doing than saying the wrong things. It will make your child feel, feel even worse about themselves. Another thing that we really want to avoid that can lead to the child making uncomfortable shame and guilt is comparing your child to other siblings or to their friends or even to yourself. Every single time that you are, you know, compare your child to someone else or even to yourself, if you're saying like, how you're still hungry, you ate more than me. See your brother, see your sister, she ate half of you and she's already full and she's much older than you. Every single time that you're saying those kind of things automatically your child feel that you're not giving legitimacy to how they feel. They feel that you compare them to someone else. They feel that you're simply ignoring them. So if I can tell you one important thing that you should avoid, <laughs> and not just about weight loss and not just about you know their hunger levels, don't compare your child to anyone else, not to you, not to their sister and brothers. Even if you want to make a point, never compare your child to anyone else. If you want to compare your child to someone, compare your child to themselves to be better than where they are right now, but not compare them to someone else. Because they can't be a person, right? Make sense? So this is the third thing that we want to avoid. So let's do a quick brief about the, th the third th three things that I just mentioned. The first thing that we want to avoid and to build more awareness is how do you feel when your child making 
the bad decisions, the way that you feel about those kind of things, making your child feel about those kind of food, those kind of decisions at the same way later on in life. The, the kid's going to learn from you. The second thing that you want to build awareness is what you do and what you say. So when it comes to these things, what I'm saying, don't react to what your child doing. Reacting is emotional way to say things. What I want that you will do is to respond. When we're responding, we are much more aware to the thing that we're saying. It's not emotional. And as I said, we can't let ourselves be emotional about the child decisions during the weight loss journey. If we'll be emotional about that, they will be emotional about that. And the third thing that we want to avoid is to compare your child to someone else. Never compare your child to someone else. Now, the fourth thing that we want to avoid is to call your child in names. So what do I mean when I'm saying to call the child in names? Guys, many of you are doing that without you even noticing, so please pay very close attention. Many of us using kind of nicknames um, for our kids, not to make them feel shame or not to make them feel guilt. Sometimes it's just a nickname without a lot of attention. And sometimes we're calling them in names just in order to get their attention. So we don't want to make the child, we don't want to call a child in names that related to their weight, body, or habits. So for example, kind of a nicknames that many people not giving a lot of attention to those kind of things are my big boy, my chunky monkey, or my teddy bear, or panda. There is many nicknames that can make the child feel unconsciously uncomfortable about that. And even my big boy can make a child feel, hmm, this is who am I. I'm overweight and this is who am I. Because I know that you're saying that not because your child is big and sometimes you're saying that just because they're older. I get it. But still, many times the child can feel uncomfortable about those kind of things later on. Because think about it. If you call your child Chunky Monkey or any other nickname that you can think of, think about it about someone else, even their friends at school. Someone can call them in those kind of nicknames, but they will not have the same intention like you. They will say that for other reasons. They will say that to make them feel uncomfortable. Okay? For example, the biggest kid in school or the big... Okay, every time that you're saying those kind of things, it's making your child feel, okay, this is who am I. My parents are calling me the same way. They're seeing me, big boy. The, the, my friends seeing me this, this way. Every time that someone calls the child this way, this is how it's making them feel. This is who am I. So this is the fourth thing that you should avoid. Calling your child in nicknames that can make them feel that this is who they are, things that related to the weight, body, how they look like, and their habits. And guys, please don't feel uncomfortable about that. 90% of the people doing that without they even noticing. So even if you're 
if you think that you're not saying those kind of things, just be aware this week. Just put a little bit more awareness to what you say to your child during this week, how you're calling them. Many times you'll be surprised that you can use many kind of phrases or nicknames that can relate it with their habits, weight, etc. So let me give you a few red flags that can tell you that maybe there is a problem here and later on those kind of things can lead to eating disorders. Five main things that can give you an idea if there is a problem and if you need to pay a little bit more attention. So first of all, if your child sneaking food, okay, this is a red flag. If your child hiding food, a red flag about eating disorders. If your child lying about what they ate, how much they ate, and when they ate, it's a red flag. If your child binge and they're eating too much, okay, or if they're, you know, binge eating at night, it's also a red flag. And impulsive eating, it's also a red flag, okay? So those are the things that they're red flags. And if your child doing those kind of things, you need to be a little bit more aware, okay? Put a little bit more awareness to those kind of things. So what you should do, let's talk about that. What you should do. The first thing that I want to ask from you is to stop being the food police. Okay, many of you feeling like the food police. We're feeling that we need to keep an eye on the child all day long. We're feeling that, you know, if we're not be there, the child will do, you know, will make just bad decisions. Guys, at the moment that you're planning, playing the role of the food police, usually it's going just to make more harm than good. So... Being the food police is one of the worst things that you can do to your child. And, you know, for example, if you call your child in names or you will react emotionally um, because your child makes the wrong decision, again, you're the food police. Every single time that you're doing that, you're making your child feel uncomfortable about food around you. Every single time that your child feels uncomfortable around you, you become the enemy. And this is one of the worst things that we want to avoid, to making your child feel uncomfortable around you about food. Because as long as your child not feeling comfortable around you about food, they will keep sneaking food. They will hide food. They will do things behind your back. So it's a snowball effect, right? So I know that many of you reacting in a way that you simply just want to avoid your child from doing those kind of things because you want that your child will eat less, because you want that your child build more awareness to what they're doing. In reality, many times it's making more harm than good. So this is what I'm saying here. If you're feeling like the food police, the only thing that it means 
that what you're doing right now, the way that you're dealing with this kind of situation, not working, okay? What I'm asking from you is to change your approach. Sometimes it will be better to not say anything to your child about their bad decisions than telling them the wrong things that will make them feel even worse about themselves and making you be more the food police and lead them to sneak in food and hide food and do things behind your back because simply they're not comfortable around you about eating those kind of things. So yeah, I prefer that your child will eat those kind of things around you and they will not have eating disorders just because they need to sneak it later on when you're not around. So if you're not sure about what to say and what to do, and you're going to react emotionally about some situation, I, I prefer that you will not say anything, right? Because again, if you're the food police, just going to make it worse. So just build awareness to what you say and how you say that. And if you're saying the result of that is to sneak food and hiding food, please stop. It's not going to take you anywhere, and usually it's just going to make more harm than good. Our goal is to make your child feel more comfortable around you about food in general, okay? This is the first thing that you want to focus on, making your child feel more comfortable about food around you, yeah? This is one of the most important things that can avoid eating disorders because in the end, you're the person that with them all day long. If they will, or most of the time, as long as they will not feel comfortable to eat the food around you, they will do it in secret. They will be emotional about that. They will do it behind your back. And then it's just a snowball that will become more emotional thing and can lead into emotional eating. And then when we have emotional eating and we don't know how to deal with that, the person usually making a lot of mistakes because they can't ask for help because you're the food police. So what they will do, they will Google it or will get a very, very bad advice from a friend that will tell them maybe vomiting will help you lose weight or to do an ice diet, just eat ice all day long and you will lose weight. And why? Because they wasn't able to ask for help from you. So again, please stop being the food police and build more awareness to that, okay? So the second thing that I want to focus on is to make your child feel more comfortable about their mistakes. You know, we all doing mistakes. As long as your child will not feel comfortable to do mistakes around you, usually they will not share those things with you. So again, it's going hand by hand with the first thing that they just share with you. And it's to make your child feel more comfortable about food around you. So it's not about just feeling comfortable about eating the food around you. It's also about feeling comfortable sharing with you about the mistakes that they just did. It's the next step. At the moment that your child will feel that they can do mistakes around you or they can share with you about the mistakes that they just did, 
simply it's going to open a new phase. It's going to make them feel that they can ask you for advice. They're going to make them feel there is someone that they can communicate with. Okay? So this is the second thing. Making your child feel that they can share with you and talk with you about the mistakes that they just did. It's so, so important, guys, because in the end, it's impossible, you know, to do the right things 24-7. We all doing mistakes, so just let your child know that they can't do mistakes, and that's fine. And the only thing that you're asking from them is to be honest with you. Now, it's a little bit tricky because if you're asking from your child to be honest with you and to communicate with you about the mistakes that you just that they just did, here's the thing. You can't be emotional about that. Your goal is to make them feel safe and comfortable when they're sharing with you those kind of things. You need to stay peace. If you not feel this way, your child going to feel again under attack. Your child going to feel uncomfortable about that. Your child will feel that you're the food police again. So what you need to do in those kind of situation is to be super, super calm to how you feel and how you react. Don't react. Don't react. Respond to your child. Let them know that that's fine. We all doing mistakes. We'll figure this out. You can tell them. That's okay. You can share with them about your mistakes that you're doing. Show them that you're also a human being. Don't show them like you're supernatural, that you're perfect. Show them that you're human being. Show them that you're also struggling. At the moment that you will feel that you understand them, that you are in the same place like them, they will share with you much, much more. I can promise you that. Another thing that you want to be more aware of, there is no good or bad food. There is not such a thing. Yeah, there is some types of food that they are more high in calories, there is some food that we have more addicted ingredients inside. There is some foods that usually will lead us to overeating. That's all right. In the end, all of those kind of things are just food. Some with more calories, some with less calories, some with more sugar, some with less don't make your child feel there is such thing good or bad food. If your child going to feel there is good and bad food, what do you think that's going to happen at the moment they will eat the bad food? They will feel, I did something bad. I did a huge mistake. It's not going to work. But at the moment that a child sees both things, junk food, and healthy food at the same way, 
they can enjoy those things in moderation. They're not feeling that they just ruin everything because they ate the bad things. They will not feel that they need to hide those things from you because they did a bad decisions. So what you want to be aware of is not to say, oh child, there is good food and bad food because there is not such thing. There is just food. At the moment that your child will understand there is ju- that this is just food, I can guarantee you, they will feel more comfortable to share with you about those kind of things because it's not bad. I'm pretty sure that none of your kids want to feel that they're bad kids because if they will keep making bad decisions like eating bad food over and over again, they will feel like bad kids. If your child feel like they're bad kids, they will not share those things with you because they know that you will not be happy about that. So drill that into your mind. There is no good and bad food. There is just food with more calories, with more sugar. Some of those types of food were overeating, but there is no good and bad food. What you should do, let me break this down for you. What you should do to avoid making your child feel uncomfortable, shame, guilt, and also to avoid later on, you know, to lead to eating disorders. So what you should do. First of all, I want that you will build more awareness to how do you feel. Okay, first step, build awareness to how do you feel. If it's needed, in my opinion, it's one of the most effective things. Get yourself a journal. Start right about how do you feel when your child making the bad decisions. Be aware to how you feel as long that you are emotional about your child's decisions. You're reacting. At the moment that you're reacting, you're going to make your child feel uncomfortable. You need to be more natural about that. First things, build awareness to how you feel. Second, what you say. Build awareness to what you say. Again, you can use the journal. What you say to your child, how you say those kind of things to your child. And the last thing, build awareness and keep an eye how it's affecting your child. What your child doing? Is your child sneaking food? Is your child hiding food? Is your child overeating when you're not around? Which kind of habits is your child developing, you know, in the last few months, in the last week, in the last year? Ignoring those kind of things will not solve it. Remember that. So if you're noticing one or more of those kind of bad habits, this is a red flag. And I already mentioned those things before. So what I'm saying here, as I said before, it will be better to not do 
anything than making your child feeling uncomfortable about their bad decisions or uncomfortable or shame about what they should do and what they not. But guys, I, I wanted that you will, you know, understand something. Usually, it's not necessary to talk with your kids, you know, about those kind of things. You can make a huge progress with your child without talking with them directly about that, okay? Again, talking about that, it's not what's going to lead to eating disorders. It's not what's going to lead to the problem. But what I'm saying here, you can make a huge progress and a lot of changes just by building more awareness to how you feel, what you say, how you say, and how it's affecting your child, and also how you're calling your child like the nicknames that I just mentioned before, okay? You can make a lot of changes by building more awareness. Now I'm going to share with you the silver bullet to avoid eating disorders. What I'm going to share with you right now, in my opinion, is the superpowers of every parent. In my opinion, the foundation of weight loss journey is communication and trust. As long as your child not feeling that they, can com that they can communicate with you about that and they are not feeling comfortable about that, probably you will not be able to help them. So if you want to take this journey to the next level, I'm going to share with you about the silver bullet, how to avoid eating disorders or making your child feel shame and guilt during the weight loss journey. This one thing is called one-on-one -on -one time with your child. Many of you may tell me, Bar, I'm spending a lot of time with my child. But my question for you, how, how much you are all in, how much you are giving your child 100% of your attention in the one-on-one -on -one time? It is really one-on-one -on -one time or there is distraction and there is other kids around or you're checking your cell phone or you're chatting or you're checking our Facebook group during this time, how much you are 100% with your child in this very moment that you're with them. Now, it's not about spending one-on-one -on -one time with your child. Is how consistent are you when you're spending one-on-one -on -one time with your child. Studies have proved that parents that spend more one-on-one -on -one time with your, their child, they saw a huge decrease in eating disorders and addiction, and they saw even higher grades in school just because they spend more on one-on-one -on -one time with their child. And I want to show with you a quick story. And this story is going to tell you how important it is what I'm going to share with you about right now. And this is why it's superpowers. And if you're implementing 
this thing in the wrong way, I prefer that you will not try even to spend this one-on-one -on -one time with your child in the way that I'm going to share with you in a few seconds. So please pay very close attention to this story and that's happened when I just started to help kids lose weight as a fitness trainer, okay? So those of you who don't know, before I become a holistic psychotherapist to help kids lose weight, you know, by building a healthy relationship with food, what I tried to do before is to help kids lose weight by being a fitness trainer. I gave them meal plans and workout plans and I trained them a few times in a week, etc. But what I'm going to show with you back on time is it's when I started my studies as a holistic psychotherapist. I trained a kid and I start, you know, building my method during this time. And I train a kid a few times. It was maybe two or three times. And what I noticed that this kid felt that his parents simply not seeing him, he felt transparent. This kid didn't have a lot of hobbies. He had one main hobby, his video games, but he had two younger sisters. And most of the attention that it, those, you know, that most of the attention of the parents go to the younger girls because they took them to the classes and they did a lot of things after school, but this kid just didn't like it. So what simply happened? Um, I was lucky enough to get from the child that, they f that he's feeling that he's not getting enough attention from his parents. So what I did right away, I talked with the parents. I told them, guys, your child feeling that, you know, he's not getting enough attention. So this child really struggle with his weight problems. Um, so I share this thing with the parents and what just happened is I told them, guys, probably your child gaining weight and struggling with weight, one of the reasons probably, because they're feeling they're not getting, because he's feeling that he's not getting enough attention from you. So what I'm asking from you is to spend a little bit more one-on-one -on -one time with him. Probably it's emotional eating, maybe also boredom eating. But by spending more one-on-one -on -one time, I, I feel that we you can solve a lot of this problem. So what this family did, they did great. They took the child and each one of them starts spending with the child one hour of one-on-one -on -one time with him once a week. Each one of the parents, the dad and the mom. And they did it for a few months. And the results were amazing. Amazing. The child got better grades at school. The child just was blossoming. He, 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 you, you saw his sparks in his eyes. If at the beginning I felt that he's in very dark place, something has been changed there. He felt that finally someone's seeing him. So yeah, the child starts losing weight. Everything were just awesome. I was very happy about that. 
they share with me what they're doing. Many times they did workouts with him. They go to walks together. Um, but it was very, you know, very nice to see how they're building their relationship together. And it was really one-on-one -on -one time, just the child with the parent. It was beautiful. But what happened? What happened that the parents become more busy? Life happened. So they got more busy at work and other things just show up. And they stop once in a while to implement the one-on-one -on -one time with the child. And it's decreased and decreased and decreased until they didn't spend one-on-one -on -one time with the child for in a while. And the results was devastating. The child felt that they simply wasn't serious enough about it. I tried to talk with the parents. I tried to tell them, guys, you must keep doing that. And they said, yeah, yeah, we know. We know that we need to do that. Uh, but life happened and we'll start doing that next week. And then another thing happened. They didn't prioritize the life to this thing. And what simply happened, the child noticed that. The child felt that he's not important enough. Because he felt it this way, it was very bad. It star he started gaining weight more and more and more until he, he, he got to the highest weight that he ever been. So he made amazing progress. And then it was so, so bad. Of course, it's affecting every single thing in life for this child from school, depression, it was bad and they tried. They tried to talk with the child and doing that again, but the child wasn't on board anymore and because he felt that, you know, that they simply not serious about that. And then one of the parents came to me and they told me, Bar, what we can do about that? You know, we want to do it again. It was after a few months. Now they had more time. Now we can do that. What we can do about it right now? How can we spend with him more time that he doesn't want right now? And this is what I tell to the dad that came to me. At the beginning, when you start and they told you that you need to spend more one-on-one -on -one time with your child, what just happened that at first your child felt, you know, that you kind of, you know, cheating him. He, you, you kind of didn't saw him enough. He didn't got your attention. So it's kind of like you. It's kind of like what just happened. It's like the first time you cheat your wife at the first time for some reason. She forgave you. And this is what happened with your child. For some reason, I don't know why, but she forgave you. Your child forgave you. We got amazing results. The, everything was amazing. Your child forgave you. But what just happened again the second time that you didn't prioritize your child is like you cheat your child in the second time. It's like you will cheat your wife in the second time. Do you really think that your child is going to forgive you again? Your wife, if you'll do it over and over again? There is no way it's going to be easy. And probably, you know, it's not going to be the same. And this is how I felt the child feeling. Okay, I felt that he, he simply lost his all hope in his parents. 
he felt that he can't trust them anymore. And I try to communicate that in the best way as possible to the parents. So maybe they will wake up about that and they will do something about that. So after this talk with his, with his father, they did a lot of things to try to get things back on track. It wasn't the same. Okay, they did some progress. And yeah, the child lost weight. We have kind of happy ending, but still it wasn't the same. And the child got through a very, very rough time. So what I'm saying here, when it's come to one-on-one -on -one time with your child, and this is, again, the silver bullet to avoid eating disorders and making your child feel uncomfortable, shame, and guilt. If you really want to avoid that, just make sure that you're really spending one-on-one -on -one time with your child. And do that with full attention. Be there. Be aware. Invest your time in your child. And if you can't be committed to this one-on-one -on -one time with your child and by showing up every single day, don't promise your child something that you can do. But one of the best things that you can do for your child is to tell them, you know what, dude? I'm feeling that we're not spending enough one-on-one -on -one time together. From now on, I'm, I'm going to make sure that every single day we're spending 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes, just that. Guys, those 15 minutes going to make all the difference. If you will spend with your child every single day, 15 minutes, it's going to build trust and it's going to build amazing communication. Do you know why? It's going to avoid eating disorders because you'll be there if your child will need your help. Eating disorders showing up and start to become a problem when no one is around. When the child feeling lonely and they don't have someone to communicate with. So guys, be there. Show up. And if you're really willing to save your child's life, tell them that from now on, just if you're really, really serious about that, tell them about this one-on-one -on -one time and show up every single day. Make sure that you're building your child a safe place to communicate and to talk with you about every single thing in their lives. I can promise you that you'll be able to help your child in much higher level when you'll be there for them. And simply it's going to make all the difference. So just show up and be there.